welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I got a question for you. Have you ever or have you known someone who's been in a relationship and wanted to get out, but for some reason just couldn't seem to get out of it? Or it just seems like there's always one reason why you can't? You know, that relationship that's got nothing left in it. The one neither of you are happy in and yet still stay in for one reason or another? I know I certainly have. And today we're going to be talking about why it's so doggone hard to leave these kind of relationships. But before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that perhaps we don't necessarily like to broadcast to everyone, but we know we want to be better for ourselves because it's not only good for us, but our communities, our friendships, our families, and for our kids. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo some of that crap that may have happened to you along your way that continues to keep you stuck or hold you back or you know, just keeps you from truly living and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. I know that seems like a big stretch, but I do truly believe that each one of us is offered an opportunity to live very vibrantly. And why not? And during this episode, we're going to be talking about why people struggle with letting go of unhealthy relationships. Have you ever looked back on a previous relationship of your own and wondered, what the hell was I thinking? I know, I know, I know you have, right? Because I mean, it doesn't seem like it when you're in it, but when you step away from it for a minute, you're like, wow, where was my head at that time? It may feel surprising to look back and realize how unhealthy relationship was and Wonder how you endured it for so long as you did. That's why they say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Perhaps you haven't been in an unhealthy relationship yourself, but you've wondered why a friend or a family member stays in a relationship that is clearly making them unhappy and maybe even sick. Similar to a smudged windshield, for example, it can be tough to see what's right in front of you until you actually wipe the gunk away. Often it's not a lack of awareness that keeps people stuck in an unhealthy relationship. Deep down inside, there's a voice calling for their attention, urging them to face the truth, but it's being buried due to underlying fears. If you're having difficulty letting go of an unhealthy relationship, consider whether any of the following I'm going to share with you are reasons that could be playing a role in keeping you stuck, keeping you in this unhealthy relationship. Number one, you fear being alone and assume being with anyone is better than being alone. For many, the fear of being alone and Low self-esteem or low self-worth are powerful motivators for remaining in relationships past their expiration date. However, 
When you're in a relationship with someone with whom you're not compatible, you will often feel alone, even more alone, because you're not being loved and cared for in the way that aligns with your needs. Number two, the relationship is activating an attachment wound. So letting go feels like a significant threat to you and feels impossible, even though it isn't. Adults raised by an inconsistent caregiver or whose emotional needs were not met during crucial stages of development are more likely to be drawn to a partner with similar qualities simply because it feels familiar as if they've known this person forever. If you learned early on to associate love with high conflict, fatality, or inconsistency, there may be a part of you unconsciously holding on to hope that maybe this time things will be different. As a result, letting go of this type of relationship can feel like a threat to your attachment system because it's forcing you to let go of this fantasy, which can bring up a lot of resistance and anxiety. People who have an anxious attachment style may be more susceptible to having a difficult time letting go of an unhealthy relationship. Number three you've already invested a significant amount of time and energy in this relationship and fear starting over again. The sunk cost fallacy refers to the phenomenon in which someone is hesitant to quit something they've started because they've already spent a significant amount of time and energy on it, despite it being in their best interest to change course. The sunk cost fallacy may be playing a role in your difficulty letting go of an unhealthy relationship. If you've already spent a significant amount of time and energy on it, and part of you is pushing to see it through due to the fear of starting all over again, in the hopes that it'll just get better. Number four, you're holding on to hope about your partner's potential rather than the actual person in front of you. Holding on to hope that the person you're dating will change is a recipe for disappointment, but also clouds your ability to see the red flags in front of you. When you're holding on to hope that your partner will change, it's similar to being really hungry and continuing to consume crumbs, hoping they will lead to an entire meal, resulting in you ultimately ending up hungry and dissatisfied. When dating someone new, it can be helpful to take a what you see is what you get approach and perhaps being pleasantly surprised as you learn more about the person, but not the other way around. Number five, you attach your worth to your relationship status, perhaps due to messages received from your culture, family upbringing, or current stage of life, you may feel pressure to be in a relationship and consequently attach your sense of wealth to your relationship status. But your relationship status does not define you. Just like your job or 
major in school does not define you. When you attach your worth to your relationship status, you're not able to make decisions aligned with your values and in your best interest. As a result, you'll be more likely to hold on to a relationship fantasy at the expense of yourself. Please, 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 I cannot express this enough. Know that you are more than a title. You're more than a mom, more than a dad, more than a sibling, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, a doctor, a lawyer, a janitor, a entrepreneur, whatever you may be. You know, having a no high school education up to having, you know, earned a PhD, n none of those titles definitively defines you. You are much bigger and have so much more in you than these titles. Number six, you don't know who you are outside of your relationship. If you experience a loss of identity or your support system during this relationship, you may be having a difficult time letting go because you may not know who you are outside of this. This can also happen in long-term relationships where maybe you've stayed in a long-term relationship that's been emotionally, mentally unhealthy for a very, very long time. There can be that fear that couples with, I don't know if I can do this alone. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know who I am without this. I don't know who I am after being a wife and a mom for 25 years. And at that point, you may be a little bit older in years and worry that your time of expiration has come. And I'm telling you, those are all distorted lies that you tell yourself. It's a matter of going and undoing the stuff in our mind that we've created, the stories, the the identities, the titles that we've given ourselves and perhaps reevaluating them or creating new stories. We, we can do that. Number seven, your partner is emotionally abusive. If your partner is emotionally abusive, you may question your instincts and doubt yourself. A partner who regularly gaslights and manipulates you is not taking accountability and will often cause you to feel as if you're the one that's wrong. Consequently, you may blame anything that goes wrong in the relationship on yourself and be convinced that you're the problem, not the relationship. Number eight, you have been conditioned to over-function in a relationship and fix, save, or fight for it at the expense of yourself. If you grew up in a home with high conflict and unpredictability or you were a parentified child, you may have adopted the role of being the peacemaker and caregiver, and you may have witnessed a parent take on that role. As a result, you may have learned to associate love with having to earn it or fight for it in order for it to be real. When you adopt this same role with a partner, 
you feel at home with them because it feels so familiar and the chemistry might feel particularly strong, making it even more difficult to let go of an unhealthy relationship that mirrors the same dynamic. If this is a pattern for you, it may initially feel boring if you encounter a romantic relationship in which you don't have to take on this same role. I cannot begin to tell you how many clients that I've worked with in regards to getting back out there in the dating world. And so often they're so quick to dismiss um, continuing dating somebody, which is quite honestly, like an interviewing process after the first or second attempt to get to know this new person because they don't feel quote unquote, the chemistry. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a chemistry that happens between each other, but quite often, if you've been somebody who's come from this type of a background that you've had to fight for a relationship earner, you've really had to, you know, put in all of this effort to meet a certain energetic standard. And what I mean by that is you're so used to operating at this dysfunctional state that meeting somebody new who doesn't operate from that same energetic state or that dysfunction. Yes, they may seem a little boring to you, but you know what? I'm going to encourage you to continue to get to know them. Give them a little bit more time and give yourself some more time to continue working on your own personal growth because I'm going to tell you repeating relationships is more common than not because people are so quick to jump back into what was familiar. Although the person that they're seeing now might be in a new skin suit, so to speak, it won't be very long before you start seeing a lot of the same behaviors and patterns that have happened in all your previous relationships. So I'm going to caution you on meeting somebody new and giving them a little bit more time. Look, you know, you're when you're in that dating stage, and I know I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but when you're in that dating stage, it's an interview process. And if you've ever interviewed for a high quality job, there's a very good chance you've gone through a number of rounds of interviews. They just don't, it's not like walking into a fast food joint and saying, hey, I'm looking for a job and they hire you just merely because you're breathing and they need the help. They're not concerned about quality, right? They're concerned about quantity. How many people can we get in here to work because we know half of them aren't going to show up. The same is going to be for you connecting and you know, ultimately working into a relationship with somebody, you want to make sure that they're of the quality that you want, not just the quantity of filling time, right? So think about that and really be mindful of what you're what you're doing when it comes to dating. And, and maybe in the short future here, I'll do a whole other segment on that topic. Number nine, you're confusing chemistry with compatibility. This kind of goes along with what I was just sharing. When there's a strong chemistry early on, it can be mistaken for compatibility and red flags may get overlooked. This sets the foundation for becoming prematurely attached to a fantasy rather than the person in front of you and consequently Letting go of the relationship means having to face that this fantasy wasn't real. 
again, if I'm going to share a little bit with some of the clients that I work with in coaching them through having a different kind of relationship than they've ever had, I highly recommend that they they not engage in the actual strong chemistry part, meaning the intimacy, let's be real, the sex, right? That's where a lot of distortion comes from. And honestly, that's not what the foundation of a relationship is built on. Is it a part of it? Absolutely. Is it the core solid rock foundation? Hell no, you have way more involved in a relationship than that you deserve more than that you deserve peace you deserve joy you deserve happiness you deserve to bring vitality and life to each other not just merely what can happen in a few minutes between the sheets okay let me get on number 10 you are hooked on the highs and the lows of a relationship In this relational dynamic, the highs are high and the lows are lows. Your partner may run hot and cold, so you don't know when the next high will come, but when it does, it feels amazing and exciting. This intermittent reinforcement can lead to difficulty, letting go of a relationship due to feeling dependent on this high is challenging. I know you know some of those people. You wonder what in the world, how, are they, how have they not just mentally exhausted themselves with being super high? Everything's fun, fantastic. It's the honeymoon stage. And the next thing, you know, they can't even stand to look at one another. You know, I'm, it's not coming to me real clear in my mind right now, but I know you've seen like TV sitcoms or movies or that where it's, they are depictions, those TV shows and movies are depictions of real life. And I know you may either know people in real life or you've seen that on TV where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just exhausted watching this relationship. How are you not exhausted? Number 11, you believe relationships are hard. And this is just a rough patch. Yes, relationships are hard and they require work but they shouldn't be that hard. A relationship shouldn't require you to sacrifice your values or your sense of self. Your relationship should be a stable and secure force in your life rather than a cause of distress or connection from your authentic self. And just that alone, that you may have a belief that relationships are hard is setting yourself up for having that very kind of relationship. I think where people come into challenges, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in your own personal growth, is there's this one and done mentality. Like, well, I tried to fix it once and it didn't work. So I guess we're just stuck this way. Look, if if you as a baby did that when you attempted to try to walk for the first time, and you fell down and you just decided, eh, yeah, I tried to stand up and yeah, I tried to, to walk like all those other big humans around me. But, you know, it, it really didn't work for me. So, yeah, that walking thing is hard. So I don't think I'm going to do it. 
And I know that sounds ridiculous to hear me say that, but so many of you do this in your own personal life and in your personal relationships. It's not a matter of trying hard. It's like something you just, you love on every single day. You should be loving on yourself. You should be loving on your relationships, nurturing them, investing in them. It's these are things that you give to, not get from. And if you're coming in from the attitude of, I got to get something from this, or I deserve to get this from this, then I kind of think you're doing it a little wrong. It's a matter of giving, right? That's where we feel good is when we can give to other people, when we can help others, and when we can show up for others, and when we can do that together as a team where we're both showing up, right? Not what are we going to do grab and go forget that I mean that's what one night stands are for right there should be no personal attachment to that it's just I'm grabbing and I'm going see you later I think you want more than that and and if you're not getting that and you've been unhappy and you've not tried going to counseling and you've not worked on your own personal growth or together collectively then then at some point you're gonna have to look at this and say what is it I want for the rest of my life because what a, that to me seems like a hard way to live is continuing to just be miserable. So as we begin to wrap up this week's episode, remember this. Not every unhealthy relationship is doomed. In order to heal, it both both partners will need to be accountable for the status of the relationship and they must both be willing to put the work in to repairing it. Just like our bodies, they will not survive on doing well for a while than going back to old behaviors and patterns. You know, you can't just eat healthy food for a week and then, you know, drop a couple of pounds, fit back into that dress because you're going somewhere, and then say, you know what, I did that, but now I'm going to go back to all my, what I was doing before. What a roller coaster and an emotional damage that you're doing to yourself. And just like our bodies, over time, if we leave it unattended, will lead to deterioration and irreparable decay. Same with relationships. And if you found this helpful or know someone who could use a little extra support along the way, I'm going to encourage you to not only follow this podcast, but share it. Because maybe this isn't your topic, but I got, what this is like episode 67, there's plenty of topics in here that might just tickle your fancy or help you get through your week. So... I'm going to encourage you to, to do that. I'm also going to encourage you to stay plugged in here because next week I'll be sharing ways to move on from an unhealthy relationship. This episode was strictly geared to identifying being in an unhealthy relationship and why it's hard to leave. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm going to share some ways that you can, I can, <laughs> not I, you can do that. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. 
My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.